0: first that men had an incredible feeling for the people there the and and having the history for 20 over 20 years that they lived there all that documentation it's not it's nowhere else that part of tibet as was not photographed
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Streetwise English Podcast. Today I have a phone conversation that I want to share with you. And I talked to Jacqueline Daraki, or Jackie as we like to call her. Anyone who's been a photographer in LA, you might have run into Jackie because she has been in the photography business for years and years. She just celebrated her 81st birthday. And she's still working in equipment rentals. But Jackie has this lifelong or half-lifelong project. Related to ancient photographs and negatives from Tibet. And she we have a conversation about what she's doing with this collection and she recovered five by seven negatives that were discarded under someone's sink with water dripping on them and and many of them were destroyed destroyed. but Jackie um, restored them, printed them, archived them and this is our conversation. I'll read you a bit of the email that she sent me a few days ago. And the idea of sharing this in audio form is that this is kind of like a message in the bottle that you send out to the sea and you never know who's going to receive the message. So maybe you're the exact person that Jackie is trying to find. She wants to share this collection and and offer this collection for sale to a museum or a collector anywhere in the world. Her email said, Hi Carl, I thought of contacting you regarding the collection of photographs taken by J.C. Ogden between 1905 and 1923. Five by seven negs and two and a quarter by three and a quarter. I've been working on these for about 40 years and all of them are proofed, scanned, and I have enlarged prints and original contact prints. I'd like to find a home for this collection like to sell it here in the U.S. or in China or anywhere. That's the gist of it and without further ado let's talk to Jackie.
0: Traveling for, living from, from China to or India to, to go to Tibet how the passageway was like extremely difficult. Fourteen Over 14,800 flights I think they go, went through which is amazing to think that you know. couples two young couples with with all their belonging and their cameras and their film and their <laughs> going through all of that and and surviving to first war in nineteen oh five in Tibet and then nineteen eleven back and forth. So they made that trip several times.
1: And who and, um and who, who are all the characters, like these four people? It was uh,
0: James Ogden and his wife, which was Minnie Ogden, and Dr. Albert Shelton and his wife. And um, so were the four main characters at the beginning. Then other missionaries came later on, but at the beginning, it was just the four of them. I think they had a couple that had gone prior. And the gentleman can't recall his name now, but uh, actually died of uh, some kind of disease at very, very just after a few months. And um, and how,
1: because, how how old was he? Was about how old was he when he first went over in 1905? 20s. Early twenties. Early twenties. Yeah, early twenties.
0: And um, they were. And they were there for, yeah, 1905 to 1923. So, they uh, they had their families there. The Ogdens ended up losing two of their children as babies, uh, because bad weather, diseases, God knows. And uh, so it's um, really tough. But they travel quite a bit, too. Ogden and... and Shelton went and to different region of I mean, within the Com region. they went to Camdo, they went to Dirger, which was really a pretty good sized kingdom,
1: and uh, just I can't recall now. I'd did have they? To, did they? How how do you know about? Did they write a book, or is it just from correspondence? They or? Did write
0: a book. Um, Ogden was very, very careful. His negative when he photographed anything, he used tissue paper to wrap the negative with, and on the tissue paper, he would write the date, where he, had, where he was, whatever address was, or what he thought was. In some instances, when he didn't want people to be able to read what he wrote, he wrote it, in shorthand. Oh. So, when you made certain comment about the uh, dances of um, the llamas and whatever, which he called devil dances, mm. you wouldn't put that as devil dances in English, but you would put it in shorthand. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh. So, he had his own But the problem is, is Greg shorthand, you can't find people to translate it much anymore because that's another one of those lost art.
1: Huh. So it's like coding is
0: script. Yes. Well, I Hmm. mean, every secretary used to do Greg shorthand when they were in courthouses or whatever to take notes when attorneys would talk. I mean, that was just a classic. That was before, you know, they had recorders, so. But I found one lady who was in her eighties at the time. and That was like 20 somewhat years ago, who was able to translate a little bit of it for me, but not, not near enough. But, uh, hmm. so, it's rather interesting that he had. The sad thing is that because he, uh, the situation, he committed suicide when he got back to the U.S. In Claremont, okay? And uh, in he, where,
1: uh,
0: where? Claremont, California.
1: Oh, Claremont, okay. Hmm.
0: When he, uh, his son, just had taken all the negative, everything, put it in the box, including his own negative of, of thing later on when he was in the U.S., and put everything in a box, and it was in the garage, and our a sink that was dripping. <sighs> So that when I got, and it looked like a kid had gone through and shuffled everything. So a lot of the tissue paper that well, was a negative, well, no longer was a negative. So I have a bunch of extra tissues that I couldn't match to anything because I don't know. But thank God some of them were still together. So that's why I was able to identify it.
1: Yeah, that's just the saddest thing in the world when um, negatives are destroyed. You think about how, how he traveled and carried those all the way from Tibet back I'm to the U.S. Amazing!
0: I mean, all the five by seven negative of the what he called the Chinese officials were hidden inside of her, the Chi- nineteen ten Chinese almanac. Now, this Chinese almanac is that folded tissue paper again. Each leaf is like, two pieces of uh, tissue, and he had put the five-by-seven negative inside of that. Now, yeah. when I first saw the almanac, it was in, a, in sort of a box, like almost like a film box. And I thought, I'm not going to do anything with this. So I put it aside. And I went through all the rest of the negatives. And um, later on, I thought, when I was done with six or 700 negs, I thought, you know, I should pull the almanac back. Why was it so heavy? It should be, it was tissue paper. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I opened it up and inside of that were all those five by seven negatives.
1: <laughs> that was the treasure and chest.
0: Yes. And I don't know if it was because when they left from Tibet, they were being kicked out by the Tibetans. You know, they didn't want, the Tibetans didn't want any foreigners in their country. So they got kicked out. And I don't know if he was a. They were. He was afraid that perhaps, the, uh, Tibetan might confiscate or throw them away or what. I don't know, but definitely had them hid.
1: So, so it was. It was an an um, an almanac with like a fake page, or how was it? How was it hidden? It was like well, the, the almanac. I don't know. Did I send you a copy? Maybe I sent. I sent you a
0: picture of the almanac. I don't know, but the almanac is if if you were to make a book out of tissue paper. You take for example an eight and a half by eleven piece of tissue paper and you fold it in half and you have types that's written on it. Okay? And then this let's like, say 40, 50 pages, and then it's bound. And that was the Chinese almanac. And advertisement for senior sewing machine or tea or whatever in English and in Chinese. And Inside of that, that's where the five-by-seven negatives were. (laughs) Inside the folded pieces. Perfectly Uh protected, and they're in perfect condition.
1: Wow. Okay. All right. Um, Last thing. um, Are you on your phone, or are you near your computer?
0: I'm on my phone outside, and my dog is going whimpering. (laughs) (laughs) How are the dogs? (laughs) My dog, I have a German Shepherd. His name is Halo. <laughs> and he's a big old
1: baby, and you think he's a lap dog. <laughs> 135 Halo. pounds, my dear. Oh, my goodness. How, yeah. how, is, uh, how is Mr. Uh, Robin?
0: Robin is fine. Robin is fine. He hasn't changed a bet. He's just as hungry as ever. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs>
1: what kind of dogs did he have?
0: Or did you have he with him? Have great pyrenees then he had he had san bernard
1: okay but he has
0: no dogs whatsoever anymore
1: now he has chihuahuas or something no nothing nothing small
0: (laughs) nothing no big no small nothing he doesn't want the dog here anymore oh man let me let me go in yes let me
1: so i'm gonna i'm gonna stop recording here and, and make sure that it sounds okay and then we'll play it back James Ogden, 1877-1929,
0: born in Kentucky and received a degree in architecture and agriculture from Kentucky University. In 1905, after joining a missionary group, James and his wife Minnie decided to go to Asia. They met with another missionary family, the Shelton, in Shanghai. Together, the two family began a long and arduous journey to Tibet. Four months, we traveled by boat, horse, yacht, and finally on foot to the small town of Batang in eastern Tibet. The Ogden spent over 20 years in Tibet. James designed and helped build a school, a dispensary, an orphanage, his second largest school, and a hospital. He also created irrigation system and planted fruit trees, all the while teaching Christianity. Along with Dr. Albert Shelton, James C. Ogden served as a mediator for treaties and dispute that arose between the Chinese and Tibetan. They enjoyed a measure of respect from both sides. Which was exceptional for outsider. Despite his busy schedule, James Ogden found time to document the lives of the people in his remote corner of the world, their custom, rituals, and manners, and their pearl in his work. His photograph captured with great sensitivity the day-to-day life in the village during his region equipped with his 5x7 large format camera, he documented the destruction of lamissary, artwork, thangkas, and libraries to the pre-1905 Chinese invasion, as well as a subsequent one in 1911. Mr. Ogden also took formal portrait of the Tibetan Chinese official in a series. The man behind the land was plagued by several bouts of depression and nervous breakdown. While on furlough in the United States, he was hospitalized for his condition and several, on several occasions. However, the battle proved to be too great and in August of 1929 he committed suicide. He was 52 years old. James Ogden's work exhibit an excellent technical and artistic knowledge of photography as well as a surprising and immediacy that draw the viewer into the lives of both in the photograph. It's a photograph, excuse me there, but I can't speak very well. It's (laughs) after the soul of Tibet and the trauma happening to its people. This is not a tourist view of Tibet, but a record of the deep bond between the man and his chosen people, of the love and acceptance that they shared for over 20 years. In 1986, Jacqueline Dirac, myself, (laughs) recovered approximately a thousand negatives from his son Harold in Glendale, California. Harold had stored them under a sink in his garage, having planned to discard them. Some were so badly water damaged that they could not be saved. For a period of 10 years, Jacqueline Clean and restored over eight hundred and fifteen negatives, varying in size from five seven to two and a quarter by three and a quarter. That is it, my dear.
1: (laughs) Bravo, bravo. So this took you over you said over ten years, but it's been a lot longer of a project than that, right? For you? Of course. I mean I've been working on that for almost 40 now. (laughs) Well,
0: Yeah. yeah, because at that time it was just negatives. And then I went through the whole thing where I found those things from the, the almanac. Mm-hmm. Then I start doing all the category by um, you know that the Getty, the lady from who was in charge of the photography thing at the Getty, told me I should do. So that took me a, of quite a long time. And um, then I scanned them all. They're all scanned on 300 DPI.
1: And, so, and 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 what um what do you think drove you to to salvage these these negatives that were discarded as trash under a sink?
0: It for, honestly, I really, I I just couldn't see first that men had an incredible feeling for the people there. The and and having the history for twenty over twenty years that they lived there, all that documentation, it's not it's nowhere else. That part of Tibet as was not photographed except for Shelton, who took some of the photograph, very much like a doctor would though do, very, very straightforward, very square.
1: You said that but, Sheldon photographed things very square.
0: Very uh, Shelton, whatever photograph he took, which ended up some at the Newark Museum, um, his photographs are very much like a doctor. You know, very square, very straight, not a lot of feeling in, in it. It's just very, very mathematical. Um, matter of fact, I would say.
1: So he was uh, actually a doctor, right? Yeah. Oh, Shelton was a doctor. It was a medical doctor. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so it's very clinical and, and, and yeah, sterile, but not with the emotional connection to no, the person no, being no. photographed. Not, not uh, nothing close to what
0: Ogden did. Just a whole different feeling. It just, I just couldn't see that whole part of history just being tossed. And then the whole collection, all those images they took a life of their own, you know, it's, uh, I, um, I was contacted by many years ago now, 1980s, I think, yeah, but 30 some odd years ago, after the WIPI article was done online,
1: I got a phone call what is, from Sorry, what does that acronym stand for?
0: WIPI is Women International uh, Women in Photography International. Okay. It was a group that we had together and uh, anyway that doesn't exist anymore either but um, it's um, I was contacted by via email by a young man named Yong Ma I mean uh, Chao Ma mm-hmm. and he called me and says um First, he texted me, he emailed me. Do you have any more Ogden photographs? So at first I thought, I wonder who this is. And I thought, ah, what the heck. So I said, yes, I do. And he said, well, um, would it be okay for my mom and I to come over to your studio and take a look at some of those? I said, Okay. So we went back and forth with email and this is when my mom is Tibetan and she's coming over to visit me and he lived in Palo Alto with his wife. And next thing I know, uh, Ming Kun, her husband, who is Chinese, the son, his wife, was expecting a baby, the four of them, uh, are the studio and they spent a whole day. Wow. And we went through all the prints that I had and I ended up giving them a lot of, as you know, when you print, you know, you always end, end up with extra prints, which I gave them some. Going to find out that Ming Kun's grandmother was uh, in Kachendu in China she was a widow, she had two daughters, and she was evidently very poor, and she asked, or was offered by Ogden, a chance of going back to Batong, where she was from, and Ogden said, if you want to come, I'll take you with, we'll take you with us, and I'll send your two daughters to school.
1: Wow, and where, where was that city that he was in? They were in Tachienlu.
0: Um,
1: okay. I, I think it's called Kong Ding also. Okay.
0: It's a different name depending on what period of time and
1: if it's in Chinese or in in Tibetan. You know. Okay. So it's on the border with like, yeah. China proper. Yeah. Or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so
0: they ended up going back with uh, Ogden, and evidently the, the two girls went to missionary school or whatever and ming as if it hadn't if it hadn't been for that she wouldn't have never been educated because her mom wouldn't have been educated and her aunt at that time became the head of the tibetan study at the university of Kongding which was in china and her mom had passed away by then but uh, so me and Kuhn and her husband ended up taking a trip very similar to where Ogden had been, everywhere, and sending me JPEG photos of what the places looked like at the time they were there. And that was about 20 years ago.
1: Wow. So that
0: whole collection has taken a life of its own. I mean, it's <laughs> I mean, just amazing.
1: Wow. So their, their whole family is very grateful to the Ogdens um, exactly. educating their, was it their grandmother or something like that? Yep, the grandmother. Uh-huh. Yep. Wow. So he sponsored them and, and paid for her to go to school, even though probably the girls didn't get to go to school back then, right? No, of course not. Not Tibetan. The Tibetan didn't didn't
0: send girls to school. That was what the whole thing was, Tsar Fong's declaration. He was telling them that the girl should go to school. And I have a couple of photographs, one in particular that I love. I mean, obviously, Ogden took it, but it's three little girls. And obviously one is Chinese, the other two are Tibetan. One of them is a puppy dog. And it's inside the the, the school, of, they called it in those days, Feng school, which I don't know, they probably wouldn't call it that today because they ended up chopping his head off because oh. he it was, oh, no. well, now, yeah. Evidently, they they called him the butcher of baton, whatever whatever, you know, who knows which side you're on at that at any time. Mm -hmm. But, um, they definitely that was part of the the whole deal is that they didn't teach girls, Mm -hmm. they really didn't. Mm -hmm.
1: And Ogden was, um, do you know when he was born? I'm just trying to think of. I guess it doesn't really matter, but if he was there in 1905, well, 20 years old, so at the end of the 1877. 1800, 1877. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was a different generation. And he was mm-hmm. originally from the U.S., from, you he said, was from Kentucky. Western Kentucky? In Kentucky. Uh-huh. He went to Kentucky University, so. Okay. And did he, do you know what he studied? He
0: studied according to. Um, he studied let's see. I think he was he graduated from architecture and um, a degree in agriculture and architecture.
1: Okay. And so he was he 1905. was nineteen oh five. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. And he helped he helped the Tibetans besides being a missionary who's just involved in the community and doing all kinds of things, right? And, uh, building hospitals and building um, planting trees and all kinds of things. Yes. Wow. That must've been an exciting life.
0: (laughs) It must've been, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you, as a, as a photographer, do you, do you genuinely like his pictures? Can you, can you tell me something about what, what you think he captured that other, like the doctor didn't?
0: Um, I, I, What I like about Ogden's photograph is he represents the people here without any, how would I say? You know when people travel in quote-unquote third world country, Mm -hmm. a lot of times they have the tendency to look down on people. Mm -hmm. Even in their photographs, they sort of, the point of view is n- not anything flattering to the peop- the native people, and this is not the case. He just documents the the, the life there, and the people are smiling. They they seem to really, he really seemed to like the people he photograph. and and it, it, there's just a whole lot of feeling in his work. That's what I like. Hmm. And on the, as far as his landscape photograph, I mean, he did okay things on the, for documenting Lama series and so on, which is not that easy at that period of time with those, you know, five by seven. No, it's not that easy. I shot five, four, five, five, seven, and eight, ten. It's not easy. And that film was so slow. Yeah,
1: um, for for the people that have no idea about five x seven, can you talk about um, um, about what it's like? Is it a, a big roll of film or is it a sheet of film or how how fast of a process is it? It's a sheet of film that you put inside of a film holder,
0: and um, you expose one side of the film at a time. Then you hopefully you have a two sheets in one and then you rotate it and then you pull the dark slide out of the film holder like a cassette and expose a second sheet of film I'm sure he didn't take more than one maybe two of any subject matter because film was precious I mean it's not something that you could find locally that's for sure
1: yeah he had to carry that all the way over there <laughs> exactly. and then how what was his dark room? How do you think he processed that film? He processed the film from what I've been told by the,
0: the Doris uh, Shelton. They processed it in the stream at night. So they didn't have to worry
1: about the light exposure. <laughs>
0: wow. So you didn't have a darkroom.
1: <laughs> wow. That's, that sounds dangerous. E- easy way to lose your film in the river yeah wow and then the actual photograph process itself you said it, it took probably several seconds or minutes yeah. for one exposure well, i would say several seconds
0: definitely mm-hmm. in when they were indoors, yeah. so, it's almost no light and that film had to be i don't know what the asa was but most of the A's in those days were, well, what, 8, 10, something like that? So very, very slow yeah. film, which means needs a lot of light.
1: And do you have any idea what kind of camera he was using?
0: I know this is a wood camera, but I don't oh. know what brand.
1: No. Okay, that so I one didn't. of those big box wooden oh, yeah. things yeah. where he's got his head underneath a black tarp or something. Got it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yes. That's great. And so now after you've you've worked all these years, you've worked 40 years on this and you've got everything archived, categorized, museum ready. What are you looking to do with this magnificent collection in your I, I would love to find a home, I, you know, I I would
0: like to be able to sell it. I'm not looking to get rich on it, but I would like to at least recoup a little bit of all the, the money I spent on the prints and the shows and the, all of the things that I've done, and um, and to have somebody that care for the for the material that so it doesn't end up being thrown away again, and that, I think that would be such a shame.
1: Yeah, especially since it's been now these photographs have the lives of the people photographed, all that history, the photographer, his family, and now half of your life pretty much, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So, it's a lot invested into these photos. Yes. Um let's see. Uh, um you've shown some of the, the pictures before. You said in some have, uh, galleries in New York or something? Uh, not in galleries. No, I've um I
0: had a couple of shows in uh, Pomona next to the university. Um, many years ago, and I've had a, a show, the last show I've had was at the Buffalo Museum of Science in Buffalo, New York, and I was there for six months. They had a, a thing uh, a, called Tibet Etc. And that's what it was. They had also, I think, they have a lot of Lama series in, uh, around Buffalo. And I believe they had a visit of the Dalai Lama. And um, that's through one of the art director I used to work for. Um, I, he got a hold of me. His name was John Belletti. And um, he knew people at the museum. And they said they would love to see some of the photograph and some have some of the prints. So that whole show went to New York. And I did a lot of 16 by 20 print, 11 by 14, a few of them digital. Um, If the negative were too thin, I scanned them and and made digital print. But most of them were done in a darkroom and uh, framed. And um, I went to Buffalo and then they came back.
1: Yeah. Um, I was just thinking it's... um... In your career as a photographer and working in the photo industry, you've done a lot for other photographers. You're a very selfless photographer, right? For the people that don't know you, um, I first met Jackie years ago and she um, had a rental business and all the young photographers would kind of look up to her and um, ask her for lighting advice and she knew all the tricks and all, all the... Uh, the special silks and, and the, the lighting fixtures to use. Um, you've 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 uh, you've been very selfless in your photography career, I'd say.
0: Well thank you very much, Carl. I <laughs> I love photography and I love lighting and I'm still doing that um, now with Sammy so you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well um, what um, as So we talked about the portraits just really quick. If you, if you were there, let's say you had this little, those three girls in Tibet and you were to, if you were James and you were taking their portrait, how would you do it the same or differently? I would wish I would do it the same. I think
0: it just, it's, um, I love that image a lot and it's uh, I think it says a lot. I think um, you have a, a relation, you can see the relationship of the three girls uh, with one another. One of you must have been not quite so wealthy. You, you can feel it. and um, But yet you have the, the smiling and laughing of children. It, I think he captured it all and um i wish i could do that that well
1: yeah and probably his biggest the thing that went into making that photograph the such such an exceptional photograph is the connection the photographer had with with the subjects right they they completely trusted him and liked him and could have been years in the making right Mm -hmm. yes yeah um okay well that's good and what else do you want to share um, can can you say really briefly about your um, photography education and background from France and how you ended up in America? Well that would take <laughs> <laughs> too much different conversation just for yes. just just for some bullet points to give a broad broad brushes of the stroke like when uh-huh. where did you study photography? When did you come to the US? And... I started photography I was 11 years old when I started
0: started to take photograph uh, photograph. I never studied photography, not formally. And um but I had a uh, a relative in my family that was an archaeologist so used to take me on digs. So I used to take my little Minolta and uh, take photographs which I must say, some of them were pretty darn good. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I actually, I was always interested in photography, but my grandmother, who raised me, because I was born during the war, um, was uh, always of the the opinion that photography was not a job that I should be pursuing. I should be doing something, you know, different. (laughs) So I studied pediatrics. So that's my background, okay. And I met Robin in France, my husband. And he was from the U.S. and that's where I ended up in in Los Angeles where he was born and raised. And and, um, because my studies in France were not valid in the United States and we didn't have the finances to Go back to for me to go back to school. Um, I ended up in the aerospace industry, which takes you. That's why I say go. It's, it's a, <laughs> Aer- uh,
1: aerospace.
0: Yeah, I was working at Aerojet General in the space division for several years because so I, I was interested in physics and anyway my, I was pretty good at stuff when I was in school. <laughs> wow, so, that's interesting. Anyway, but. You know, so that's why I said it. it's like you can go the whole different, um, it's, it's, a,
1: yeah, it's, it's another a, another topic. Uh, yes, another topic is right. Okay, so uh, are there, do aliens exist or not? <laughs> <I'm> just, teasing. <laughs> I'm just teasing, i just teasing, I want to ask you that.
0: I think, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> what makes us think that we're going to see on the world? Yeah.
1: All right. Knows? All right, knows? Jackie. All right, Well, thanks for sharing. I mean, it's good we were able just to document a little bit of that and I can share it with you and see if um, we've got a little bit of a piece of the picture um, recorded.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I was going to say, uh, I was trying to find, while I'm on the phone with you, trying to see if I could find that uh, thing of that 1910 almanac.
1: hmm yeah, I didn't see that.
0: I didn't say, I thought I did, but you might have. Let me. I don't think so, because I'm looking at what I sent you, and I don't see it. If you know, chip stupid background. Excellent magazine.
1: You no, know. Oh, I see. I, I'm. I'm looking at the picture of the three girls. The one girl has the, like, two girls. Happy guy. Looking... To, yeah, the puppy dog. Okay, yeah. I thought you were saying that she was a little puppy dog. I didn't realize she was holding a puppy Here, dog. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I like their earrings and jewelry too. It's cool. Yes, I, their I like.
0: Style. I like everything about it, and that one that seemed to be very shy and and um, you know most not quite comfortable, and but yet the, the, it's light hearted. It I think he he
1: captured it yeah that was a quick snapshot right because yeah. it looks like she's in movement and her mm-hmm. pony, ponytails flying and the girl that you said looked like she might have been poor or she doesn't have any jewelry or it's nice of right. dress yeah yeah it's a great shot mm-hmm. looks like it's like on a little walkway with some water like over a yeah. stream or something what, or what is that what's uh, it's uh, the indication was uh, um, girls, uh, girls' school at Ch- Zara Fong School. Oh, okay. It's like res- a recess shot or something. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. How, how, how large a prints did you make of these? Um not just, I think I made of that, it's 1114.
0: Okay. Which is still a good size print. I mean, you, it could go bigger definitely is some that, of them not really because you know they have not uh, the one that were, they were two and a quarter by three and a quarter well not quite as sharp and I don't think the lenses is wise good Yeah, know but
1: um, mm-hmm. is that your favorite size to see photographs about 11 by 14
0: depends on the subject matter um, I have some of the one that I made some of the portrait. Um, that uh, uh, of the family of uh, the two Tibetan, I, I think it's uh, the uh, Tibetan teacher, the husband and wife, and the two two children, the little girl and a little boy, sitting on the ground. I sent that one to you. I know I did.
1: I'm um, here. Oh, yeah, the. You know, like, I, it looks like young parents with two kids?
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. The parents and two kids, yeah. yeah. And um, the, that one I made, I have one that's actually, that oh. was scanned yeah. and then printed in a digital printer, for which is uh, four foot by three foot. Wow. It's pretty amazing,
1: yeah,
0: and it's you can't tell that it's ever been. I mean, it's not digital, I mean, it's totally, totally like film because there was no you know, no digital or anything to it. It was just scan, and but when you print it, it just looked like it's a regular print because it was you know, they they have Labda, if you're familiar with those. Lambda or something, they make those digital
1: prints? Um, I'm not sure. That's a digital process?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, well, basically they, they digitize the negative and then they take the negative, put it in a digital enlarger, but use regular photo paper mm. to print it. And it's a regular process of, you know, wet
1: process. Like but, but you're actually printing from the negative itself. Correct. But it's a, it's a negative that's been digitized. Mm. Okay.
0: You really can't tell that if, if it was digitized. You really can't. Okay. Which is rather interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't think that it would work, but it does. I have one on my wall.
1: <laughs> is that, do you do that for photographers now? Because I've noticed that the, uh, <laughs> The young generation, like the under 30 population, they love film. Oh, you know? You can't, you can't keep
0: enough Hasselblad, Pentax <laughs> 6.7, Mamiya RZ 6.7. It's amazing.
1: And it's just it, so sad because it's so expensive now.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, even the printing and the the biggest issue with, in with black and white in particular is, uh, is if is the uh, paper is not, you know, the paper is not uh, doesn't have enough silver.
1: Oh, it just doesn't. Does that mean it does? The blacks don't get black enough?
0: Ah, uh, not not like they used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Which yeah. is the very sad thing
1: yeah do you prefer black and white photos to color i think so i think i prefer black and white because
0: graphically they really have to be strong and um you're not distracted by all the colors that you know sometimes you just don't say much you know? mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's okay. I mean, I, I like, obviously I like, uh, ah, here it is. I have it, ah, you found it. I find it I'm stubborn. Um, I wonder if I can send that to, I can't take a picture and send it to you. It was, it's interesting. The advertisement they have in there too, <laughs> on that Albinac. Oh yeah. I'm you sure. Know. Yeah. I mean, the, the. Singer sewing machine was in there, heavy.
1: What year is the almanac from?
0: Nineteen ten.
1: Wow. That in itself hmm? is a is a great artifact.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, sand. It's on its way, my dear. All right. But it was in the in the little thing, you know, in the little steep, like a oh, and I it, I saw almanac, I thought, Oh, I'm not gonna do anything with that. <laughs> you know, I put it aside. Then later on, I thought it kept bugging me. I thought, I wonder why that thing was so heavy. It shouldn't have been that heavy. It's supposed to be tissue paper. Then I went in there, and boom, all those snakes came up.
1: Shanghai, uh,
0: some, yeah. But it's a perfect five by seven envelope.
1: <laughs> wow, that's great. So then he had, he just had them mashed in between those pages. Yeah. yeah i like those um the artwork it looks like that is that is that spool that's for sewing a sewing machine mm-hmm. Those kind of like lithograph prints right yeah i like that kind of artwork it's it's popular now even still in mexico i met a, um an artist who did prints like that he had a or maybe that is a i can't tell what that is is that a print press or a sewing machine whatever
0: yeah, a sewing machine. I mean, there's all kinds of advertisement I only sent you, you know. But it's like, you know, another little thing from 1910. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure people would love to see these things. It's just who, yeah, who wants to like, add it to their it, collection. It's,
0: um, as I said, you know, I'm not, it's not like I'm trying to get rich on it. That's not the point. It's just, I'm not in a financial situation to say I can donate it. I wish I was, but, you know, I don't know if you ever um, met my studio partner, Henry.
1: No, probably not. Um, No, I only met Robin.
0: (laughs) No, my studio partner, we had a studio together for 36 years. And uh, he ended up uh, having uh, liver cancer the oh, no. past twelve years ago, and that broke me. Two and a half years of uh, treatment mm. was just financially put me in a poorhouse. that's why I'm still working. Oh, no. So I mean, as I say, I wish I could say I can just donate it to someone if I was wealthy, I would, but I'm, I'm not. but so I'd like to recoup a little bit of, you know, yeah, the investment that I put in. And and honestly, I think a lot of times people just get given things they don't always appreciate it as much anyway.
1: Yeah. But anyway. It's, ha- it's hard to believe. How, how old did you say you are now? 81. And so what was your birth year?
0: 1942.
1: 42. Oh. Yeah. 2nd, my dear. Oh. My baby, too, birthday. but not like you. You're,
0: you're yeah. uh, the end of July. You're Leo. <laughs> yeah, but well, ha- Sam, ha- happy Sammy, birthday.
1: Thank you, Sammy and you. The same day. Oh, that's right. You said that. What a coincidence. How old is Sammy now? Yeah. Sammy is one year older than I. He's older He's than aged. you, right? Yeah, not one year. Nineteen forty oh, one. Year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, yeah, I remember you guys were buddies way back when. Yeah. All right, Jackie. Well. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank good, you. Good to hear from you, and um, I'll see. It gives me an excuse to reach out to some people. Um, you know, it's been it's been tough the last couple of years with COVID. I haven't done much China adventures. It's been uh, it's been real it's been real rough on the old Marco Polo life sp- lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I mean it's been like that for everybody I mean, oh, I, haven't, oh I know yeah I haven't gone to France to see my family I haven't, oh yeah you, know? you haven't so, been back you haven't been back since COVID to France
0: no no I have I mean you know everybody in my family I'm, I'm old enough except I have one brother left I mm. lost one of my brother a year and a half ago oh, was in no. and, I, and uh, we were really close and um Alan is the baby He was 20 years younger than I so uh-huh. I mean the baby is a grandfather now but <laughs> <laughs> but he'll always be the baby and um he keeps on telling me you should come you should come back to France and
1: uh, I don't know I've been here so long ago you know uh, to retire retire mm-hmm. yeah good teach the grandkids um Los Angeles slang English and photography. <laughs> just like, you know, photography. Although although France is France is a pretty rough place these days.
0: Exactly, I, <laughs>
1: I watch the news and uh,
0: exactly. things are burning for well, I mean, France, a few weeks. France is, uh, you know, they don't put up with a whole lot anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Something get into in you know. They get the itch and they just start throwing stone at people
1: (laughs) (laughs) while they're drinking their coffee and drinking cigarettes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Okay, Carl. Okay,
0: Jackie. Okay, thank you. Have a
1: good night, and um, we'll we'll talk more soon. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Jackie. Bye -bye.
0: (laughs) Bye -bye. Bye. Bye.